Just hours after the ceasefire in Nagorno-Karabakh, Artsakh, this is episode number 781 of The Next Step, September 21st, Armenian Independence Day, 2023. Hi, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries, welcoming you to The Next Step Podcast with Father Vazgan. With these podcasts, Father Vazgan provides a very distinct and consistent voice for Armenian orthodoxy. It is the means for providing people an intelligent and practical answer to life's difficulties based on the solid principles of love, faith, and hope as expressed by our Lord, Jesus Christ. We produce these shows every week for a vast audience, which includes those who are searching for practical and deeper applications of faith, the disenfranchised members of the church community, and of course, the neophyte. So we invite you to sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to take the next step. And so they tell us it's over. September 20th, 2023. Three years ago, they started a war, right? That war started like 30 years ago. That war started a hundred years ago. Started a few centuries ago. Continues. And today, today, September 20th, they say it's over. Welcome to the next step. I've been talking about next step. What is that next step? And I feel, you know, so hurt today. Because in all these years, it's been like 15 years, half of that 30 years that I was talking about, that we've been talking about this idea about doing things differently. And here we are, same place. And here we are, we had a chance to stop what was being called the second genocide of the Armenian people. We had a chance to stop it. And... I had put it down. I put, I put down a road map. Not my own, doing. Not, not my road map. Something that was given to us by Jesus Christ. A road map of how to combat evil. I mean, you know what? Look, let me say it this way. It's like you don't have to listen to Jesus Christ. You don't you care. Nobody needs to. You know, that's not what I'm about. What I'm about is like the sincerity. If you're going to claim to be the first Christian nation, well, <laughs> at what point are you going to take that Christian message? It's not enough that you celebrate Christmas twice in a year. Big deal. And here we are. First Christian nation. Talking about archaic ideas, archaic ideas. Doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. What Einstein called insanity, we're doing it. And today, in Artsakh, what used to be called Nagorno-Karabakh, what is still called by most of the world, Nagorno-Karabakh, they, they surrendered, they, they gave up. As, yes, nobody can blame them. We're not sitting there, nobody can blame them. The death toll was rising. The aggression of the Azeri people, Azerbaijani government, uh, the blockade for how long, 
How long are you going to last without food, without medical supplies, without humanitarian dignity? And, you know, the world is waiting. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're going to give – you know, what was it? They're, they're going to go because they're going to organize some kind of a musical tribute. And as a result of that tribute, Aliyev is going to be, you know, like looked around and say, hey, the world is looking at us. We better hold off, you know. Oh, come on. Get with the program, folks. They don't care. Look, they're at the United Nations today. What are they? Who's listening? Who's listening? See, we've been brought up, we've been conditioned to think that people really care. Uh, if you if you were around, if you were alive in the 80s when there was starvation going on in Africa, we had Michael Jackson. We had musicians get together. We said, we are the world. We held each other's hand. We are the world. We are the children. We raised fun. We raised millions and millions of dollars for African relief, for famine relief. And there were just these huge, huge festivals. And so you kind of got into that notion that, okay, yeah, whenever there's a tragedy, we could round up the troops and we'll get people to, to, to focus in. Again, let's back up. What did Jesus say? And why are we opting for these other things? You know why? Because when we start opting for all these other things, what are we doing? We're, we're throwing it on to somebody else and nobody else really cares. That's the truth of it. That is the truth of it. I named my child Varujan. Can you believe that? I named my child Varujan. Why would I do that? Because I'm Armenian. I care. That to me was important. A Japanese person doesn't care about putting the name Varujan on their child. As I wouldn't care about putting a Japanese name on my child. It's about who you are. It's about identity. And same thing when you come down to it. Who cares about this piece of land? Who cares about this blood that's being spilled? And we have this formula that's been given to us by, by, well, by divine, divine source. Jesus Christ has given us this formula. And I've been preaching about it for 15 years here on the next step. And another 25 years before as, as a priest of the Armenian Church. Talking about coming back to our roots. Our roots of Christianity. And finding the expression that has kept us alive. But we come back, we come back, and we come back. And we think that other people... You see... The problem with all of this, whether it's a, a concert or writing letters to everybody, it's like, let's see if somebody else will do something. A couple of years, a couple of weeks ago, our Archbishop, I think I spoke about this on the last Next Step, all right, but worth saying it again, our Archbishop called for a day of fasting and a day of prayer. I thought, wow, fantastic. You know why? Because through fasting, what's going to happen? I'm turning it on me. I'm saying, I have control. I am going to discipline myself. I have control. I can do it. God is working through me. There it is. I don't need to go to somebody else. But we have this disease that other people have to acknowledge. For how many years we begged, begged, begged governments to come out and say the genocide happened. Do you really need that? Come on, folks. My grandparents were genocide survivors. I do not need a president, a parliamentarian, a sergeant at arm, a, a, a cop on the street. I don't need anybody to say the genocide happened. Genocide was real. You don't need 
validation of these claims. What we need to do is move forward. And so here we are again. Here we are, 2023, thinking that others will take care of us. And so a few weeks ago, the archbishop said, let's do a day of prayer and fasting. I thought, fantastic. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start disciplining ourselves. Let it be a day today. Let it be two days next week. Let it be a week the following week. But let's start someplace. And I was so excited. And then the Armenian political parties, the Armenian people got into this issue and they changed the wording of it. I was just astonished. I was I was dumbfounded. They changed the wording from a day of fasting to a hunger strike. Yeah, yeah, you heard me right. They changed it to hunger strike. Do you know what a hunger strike is? I am not going to eat until my demands are met. That's a hunger strike. I'm striking. I'm not going to eat until the blockade is over. And you know what? If we got together and organized and we did it, there would be a tension on it. No, not after a week, not after two weeks, not after three weeks. But after three weeks, when people started fainting, when the doctors came in and people started saying, what's going on over here? You'd bring attention to it. But the archbishop was starting off with a very simple way of making self-discipline the first step. And I applauded it. And when I heard that they had turned it into a hunger strike, well, a hunger strike's not going to work for one day. There's no such thing as a 24-hour hunger strike. I'm not going to eat for 24 hours because the blockade is going on. <laughs> okay, don't eat. But we did it. And now we have to live with the consequences of it. Now, why am I, why am I getting so wound up about it? Well, first of all, because it's people, people who are dying. And as of today, and by the way, everything that we talk about, put links on today's show notes so you could uh, learn more about it. And I know so many of our people are just beautiful people who care about the plight of the Armenian people without having an interest over there. And you know what I'm talking about. You've been corresponding with me. You follow it along. You know what's going on. It just, there has to be a better way than what we're doing. There has to be a better way. And there is. And those of you who have watched the video that I've prepared, leveraging love know what I'm talking about know what it means that when we're out there feeding the homeless when we're out there do you know that Hawaii while we were talking while we were talking Hawaii burnt Maui burnt down Armenians where were they we sent over funds immediately our Inner Shoes organization sent funds over in the name of the Armenian people. Can you believe that? Hawaiians were getting money from Armenians. And yeah, if you if you made noise about this, well, wait a minute, Armenia need, yeah, Armenia does need money. But the amount of money that you're sending over is, you know, when you talk about rebuilding or working on Armenia, you're talking about a country. And sending a few thousand dollars to Hawaii is not a big deal especially when the people are hurting. But think about the message it sends. It says that you're my brother, you're my sister, I care about you. But who, who did anything besides our issues movement? A group of small, a small group of Armenians over here, right? 
I heard people talk about Hawaii and they said, well, there's no Armenians there. Wrong. <laughs> I just came back a few months ago where I did a baptism over there. I did a few baptisms, three of them to be exact, Armenian families. But that's not the issue. It's not about Armenian families. It's about people. It's about people hurting. And if you want people to look at you, you have to start looking at others. You have to walk in the shoes of others. And so why am I wound up about this? Let me go back a little bit, okay? Because I'm old. <laughs> I've lived through a lot. I've lived through a lot. 1988, the Gharabakh movement started for us. It had started earlier, but the time I got involved in it was 1988 when I was living up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Now, I don't think that these things are coincidences, but I have to share this with you. We were cleaning out some files the other day, literally like two days ago, and this came in my hand. It's a program. It's a pink program that was made in 1990 when I was the parish priest at St. Andrew Armenian Church in Cupertino. And we had organized a program called Avarair Aisur. Now, one of the beautiful things about Cupertino was we were the only church, the only Armenian organization in the area. And so everybody just kind of rallied around that church and the, org and the work that we were doing over there. It was just a vibrant, vibrant community. And we had Home Men Scouts. We had all kinds of uh, extracurricular, extra ecumenical. Yeah, that's the word for it. Extra ecumenical, extra outside of the church, people coming and being a part of this. And so we did this program called Avarair Aisur, Avarair Today. Avarair is where the Battle of Vartanans took place in 451. And I opened it up. And this is a program that I had written back in 1990. Commemoration of St. Vartan. And so that night we had pictures, photographs, from Armen Press photographer Magadich Khachadurian. If I remember right, there were photographs from the 1988 earthquake that were, you know, that had made into into the press. Most notably was that family picture. It's an iconic picture. There are a lot of iconic pictures in this. Anyway, we raised funds, but here's what's interesting about it. It's written in Armenian and English in this program. I'll read you the English one. It says, Exhibit and silent auction. These photographs tracing the history of Armenia over the past two years were taken by Armen Press photographer Magadich Khachadurian. They will be sold to the highest bidder. Profit will be used to, for Armenia aid. During the prayer service of the Vartanats martyrs of Avarai, a requiem for the recent martyrs of Gharabakh, Baku, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan. Now that's a Father Vaskan touch in there. You got it, right? 1990. You've got people dying in Gharabakh and Baku. Well, we better remember the Tajikistan and Uzbekistan because these people were dying too. There, was, there were people dying and we've got to start believing that life is life. God is the God of all, not just a few people. This was what Jesus protested against. This is what got him, this is what got him crucified. He said there is no such thing as chosen people. God loves everyone. This idea that, okay, the Jewish people are, are somehow exempt 
from everything else. And so they could walk through water while the Egyptians are horrible people and they're going to be wiped out. This is not part of what we believe. This isn't what we believe. We believe that God is the God of all. And each of us is a child of God. And so when we get up and we say like, you know, okay, let's hope that God smite. Is that the word? (laughs) There's an ancient word, right? That God take care of these people, the Azeris. Let it be like an A-bomb drop on them, you know? Let it be like they get flooded and everything. You're asking God to take care of, of, of annihilating his own people. It doesn't work like that. Yes, he is the God of everybody. That's what we believe. You can't ask him to <laughs> take care of one people and not the other. I heard a, a, an interesting joke the other day. It was kind of interesting to me because it made it, it just hit me in the right way. You know, a few months ago there was an earthquake in Turkey and apparently some Turks were looking up and protesting to God and said, we had asked you for this earthquake to be take place in Armenia and yet it took place in, in Turkey. What happened? And God answers, he says, well, I was looking at the old map. That's a good one. That's a really good one, right? But you can't pray to God to annihilate another group of people. But what you can pray for is the strength for you to understand who you are, to understand your presence, to understand the power that you have within. And that's through prayer, through fasting, to understand that you are a creation of God. When Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is within you and without you, it's all around you. And that means you are a creation of God. You have that ability. And I and I sometimes use the word power, and I, I don't want to use that word right now because this is not about power. It's about ability. It's about the ability to articulate God's message of love. And it is more powerful. It's what God Jesus it was it's what God Jesus threw the crucifixion, that he loves so much that we saw the resurrection. And so I've got this program from 1990, and I'm looking at it, and I'm just starting to remember what we were going through. 1988, the Artsakh, the Arabach movement was starting, and we were up in Cupertino, and the Russian consulate I don't remember if it was a consulate or if it was an embassy. It was in San Francisco. And we went up there to protest because, as we all know, this whole thing began because uh, Stalin had designated that this Artsakh would belong to the Azerbaijan people. So basically Russia had a part in all of this. So again, again, and that time I was a lot more naive uh, yes, I still am, but <laughs> I was more naive and actually went up there thinking, yeah, the Russians were going to take care. But we went we went to this protest, and I'll never forget this. We opened up the church, and we brought in all kinds of people uh, from our parish to make posters. And we were on the floor with poster paints and brushes and things like this. And there was a man in our congregation named Johnny. Um I'm trying to think of his last name, Summer, I think. Anyway, he was married to an Armenian woman. He was um, African-American. He was black, and he was so into it. 
making these signs. And I remember having a conversation with him during the organization effort when we were painting these signs. And he had gone through some of the early civil rights protests here in the United States. And he understood the value of unity, of getting together, of having people protest on tur- on the turf that applies, right? So if you have a beef with the, with the Soviet Union at that time, I, I think I said Russian council, actually it was the Soviet council. If you have a beef with them, you go up there and you protest at the Soviet council. And uh, I learned a lot from this man. We talked, um, and actually we became very close after that incident. I baptized his kids, and uh, we, we became, until we left the parish, uh, we were very, very close talking about these incidents. And, and and I want to even say, I'll go even one step further, and I'll say a lot of what I believe in today was shaped by those years that we spent together and the these protests that we had. So I'm looking at this flyer now, and I'm recounting that, you know, this began for me, 1988. And today we read, sadly, that it's over. It's over. They... they um, surrendered. Actually, the press release, I'll read it, and we'll go from there. Following the intense fighting and shelling of civilian infrastructure overnight, the authorities of Nagorno-Karabakh agreed to surrender on Wednesday and meet with Baku's representatives in the Azerbaijan town of Yevlach tomorrow. An emergency meeting of the UN Security Council is also planned for Thursday at French President Macron's initiative. The exact number of casualties from Azerbaijan's recent attack remain unclear. According to the latest information, the Armenian side has at least 200 killed and more than 400 wounded. Ceasefire agreement was reached at 1 o'clock local time, September 20th, through the mediation of Russian peacekeepers' contingents. Uh, which was previously seen assisting the evacuation of local Armenian populations. According to the text of the agreement, the Artsakh Defense Army will be dissolved and the region disarmed. The weapons belonging to Gharabakh Armenian Defense Forces will be collected and utilized. The issue of re, uh, let's see, re- Integration of Nagorno-Karabakh Armenians will be discussed at the meeting tomorrow. And so there you have it. That was off of Armen. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was what is CivilNet. Thank you. Um, yes, I did get in touch with Ken. He's been helping me, uh, sending me some of these clips and everything. Ken, you're a lifesaver. I appreciate it. As, um, even from a distance, how he helps me out getting this information out. We're going to take a break now, play a song for you right now. This is from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. It is called Living With War.
Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young doing Living With War. It's the instrumental version that I picked up off of their album of the same name. I think it's just, uh, I needed to hear that. I hope you appreciate it. Just a little bit to calm down, digest a few things that were said. And now we return back to the show. Welcome back. It's a difficult day, of course, not for us who have the comforts of America, but a difficult time for the people, our brothers and sisters in Nagorno-Karabakh, in Artsakh, as they deal with the reality of uh, the new day starting. And by the way, it happens to be September 21st, which is Armenian Independence Day. I don't know how people are going to be reacting to it. I'm speaking to a friend this evening, um, so he'll be calling me on that morning from Yerevan. I'll find out what's going on. I don't know what the general feeling is in Yerevan. I know protests have gone on. And again, people trying to find scapegoats, people trying to blame it on. Listen, if you've ever been to a psychologist or if you're like me and you dabble around with giving people advice, there's one bit of advice that I think we all agree upon whether you've received advice or you give advice, you cannot change anyone else. You can change yourself, but you can't change others. You can be persuasive. You could talk to them. You could, But you cannot change them unless that person says, yes, I want to change. I want to, I want to do something differently. And I think this is really the bottom line. We keep wanting to change the world's attitude when we're not willing to change. And I just gave one example of the Hawaii example. There's a, there's a beautiful area that I would venture to say that many, 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 many Armenians living in America have gone off to and have had their vacations over there. And it burnt down. It was the worst natural disaster in American history. It just took place a, m- a month ago in July. Worst natural disaster, fire. It gutted out homes, businesses. What did we do? Okay, at the very least, did we offer a prayer? Did we do something? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm talking because we did. Yes, we did. Through our In Issues movement, we did. We made a collection and we sent it. And if you're interested in donating to that, you can go to our website, whether it's Epostle or In Issues, and uh, there is a donate button and there is a selection that you could select. It says Donations for Hawaii, and every cent goes there. That's what we do. That's what we do. For years, we've been helping the, the children of Darfur. Believe it or not, my dear friends... Gabriel and Katie J, who started uh, IACT, I've been supportive. They've been supportive of us for how many years? And this was the first year that I, just like a week ago, just a week ago, I said that we will be unable to fulfill our obligation this year because of the grave situation in Artsakh and the need for money to go over there. And I was very sad. It was a hard thing to do. It was a hard thing for me as as uh, the person in charge of these funds to, to earmark it that way because 
yeah, I do believe that it's necessary for us to be talking on another scale. I heard a uh, a gentleman last night in Armenia, and I was very impressed by him. Let's see, what was his name? Aram Sargisian. And, you know, it's kind of interesting how much, <laughs> how many people are named Sargisian. Makes you think, are, are they all related or something? But I'm told they're not. But this guy was named Aram Sargisian. He was uh, the member of the opposition party. He ran on the opposite opposition to the current prime minister. But he was very articulate. And he said, this is not a time for elections. This is a time for us to come together. This is a time for us to be together. I, I was very impressed because it wasn't emotional. It was very factual, level-headed accounting. And he says, this is the time for us to be together. And then this is the part that really got to me. He says, this is nothing new. And I was ready for him to talk about Artsakh and what's going on in Artsakh. No, he says, it happened in Kosovo. Ah, oh, yes, Kosovo. Remember that? 1990s. And he started listing off a few places where things like this had happened and how people's attention moved. And I think this is where we need to start thinking about beyond of life beyond ourselves. Okay. Artsakh. It's it's there. It's things. It's very new right now. What's going on? The ceasefire is literally a few hours old. I'm not. I'm going to leave it right there, and I'll put a few links on today's show notes, and you could uh, follow through. I want to talk about something else right now, and that's this movie called Amerigatsi. We previewed it last year in March when we had our Reclaim conference. The director, producer, writer, actor. Michael Gurjan gave us a special permission to uh, to uh, screen it at our Reclaim conference. And I got to tell you, wow, wow, <laughs> left us all wanting more. Now Amerigazzi is out there. It's out in the theaters, and you need to see this movie. It's not about, it, it has an Armenian title, Amerigazzi, means the American in Armenian, but it really is a story about life, about humanity. It's about hope. It's about seeing the brightness out there. And I think that we need to have a dose of this, all of us. And especially now in, the, in light of what's going on in Artsakh, we need to believe in brighter tomorrows. We need to believe in the power that we have to imagine, to think better. If you remember a few months ago, or maybe it was about a year ago, I, I put out a scenario of of us really believing in ourselves. We keep saying we are creative. Why aren't we creative with, with, with our destiny, with what we want to do? And these are the same questions that I'm going to keep hounding on because it's important. It's especially important for new generations to think outside of the box. I've been invited to speak to the ACYO, the Armenian Church Youth Organization, a local chapter here in the Pasadena area uh, this Friday night. And my, my message is always the same to these young people. Like, why would you listen to me? Is that a good one, huh? No, I don't mean that. I don't mean that to be sarcastic or I don't mean to be rude, but look at the world. You have the creativity. Look at what we're doing here in America. 
We've got so many young people with creative ideas, with energy, and we're going to put two old people. We're going to put people, one is 80 years old, the other is 77 years old, and we're going to say, now you run this, you run the country. And, you know, God bless our old people. I'm getting up there, too, in, in age, so I'm not, I, I could talk as one of them. You know, I'm not up that high, but God bless old people. But don't we have young people that are interested in driving, in, in moving? Yes, we do. We do. And same thing with the young people within the church. We need people that are going to come in with fresh ideas and think outside of the box. Within the parameters of what we're talking about, and the parameter is very clear. It's we are a Jesus-based church. And the teaching of Jesus is solid. It's convincing, it's doable, and it has a track record for the last 2,000 years for the Armenian people. Nothing else. No game plan, no military strategy, but we've had Christ. And that Christ has gotten us through. Not in the ways people think. In fact, today's um, daily message, if you get a chance, I'll put a link on today's show notes. Uh, listen to it because I make the point about that we do not have uh, the idea. Our, the, our notion of God is not a Superman God, and we've got to get we've got to abandon that notion that somehow God's ready to punch out anybody that goes against the Armenians. So all we need to do is yell out and say, "God help us!" This is the illusion that comes with the Old Testament. The Old Testament talks a lot about that, right? The chosen people. No, there is no such thing. God is the God of all. And God looks at people. And he says, who are you? What are you doing with your life? This life that I've given you. Why would you think that I'm going to side up with anybody? You're all my children. And Jesus dared to say this. Remember there was that scene where his family, his mother and his brothers, they come to see him. And Jesus says, well, who is my mother? Who's my brothers? The person who hears the word of God and does it. In other words, you want to be part of the family. Listen to what God is saying. Do the goodness that he demands of us, that he asks of us. Because in the end, you can't change other people. You could change yourself. So do the goodness. And if enough of us do the right things and do the good things, imagine where we can go. Imagine what can happen. Imagine peace. And that should be our objective. Imagine if Armenians were the ones who ushered in peace. I always believe that we have the capacity to do that. Look at a place like Ichmianzin, where the, the only begotten has come down. It's the only place on earth where Jesus Christ has come down and said, build the church right here. Okay, and this is the tradition. It's the oldest cathedral. It's still standing. And it is it, it is cemented by Christ himself. Why are, we, why are we playing around with other things? You know what I mean? Um, several years ago, I remember being in Washington. It was during a, a 
we we were there. For, I can't remember why we were there. I think we were there for the church, and we had spent an extra day. And my wife and I were there on a Monday afternoon, and we had gone to this university just to check it out. I love going to campuses and seeing the schools and seeing their libraries and and their bookstores, just kind of looking around. And it turned out that this was a Catholic university. I think the University of Washington, if I'm not mistaken. And it was lunchtime and it says, the presence, the presence, ah, service of the presence. It was at noon. So I told Susan, I said, let's go in and see what this is all about. So we went in. There inside this chapel, two people in reverence, they brought out the Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. They placed it on the altar table and then they sat down. And for the next 45 minutes, we sat in that room with not a word said. Not anybody explaining what's going on. It was a time for meditation. And in this Catholic chapel, it it occurred to me that, wow, these people believe that that is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And so in the presence of Christ, what more do you need to say? What am I going to say? Ladies and gentlemen, please stand. Please remove your shoes as you're approaching. No, you don't need to say anything. The presence of Jesus Christ is right there. And it really hit me, like like ton of bricks kind of style. Like, yeah, we have this every Sunday. We present the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Do we believe it? Do we believe it to the point where we can sit there and meditate and think about it and pray with Christ? One of the most beautiful things that we have in our church is during the Holy Divine Liturgy, the Eucharist. The presence of Jesus Christ is there. Now, can you imagine if you were if you were someplace and Jesus Christ came? What would you do? Not much you can do, really. Not much you can really say. <laughs> you'd kind of be dumb. You'd be like in shock and awe, right? But do you understand how you would be healed immediately? I'm not talking about just physical healing. I'm talking about everything. You'd be a different person. You'd be that born again experience. You'd be brand new. Well, that's the power that we have. Sundays. Inside of our churches, Jesus Christ is revealed. Come and partake. And you'll find that it is that it is sweet. Christ is in our midst. Go and kiss one another. Embrace one another with this great news. We, we say this in, in church. Unfortunately, people don't understand it. And we don't make that effort to explain it, right? But if you found the treasure that we have, and that's really one of the ministry, the, the, the single ministry of epostle.net, is not to just present all of this as historical claims. I was so saddened last week was the Feast of the Holy Cross. I'm looking after church after church after church, newsletters, online and everything. Everybody's talking about the historical significance of the elevation of the cross. This happened in this year, so on and so on. And there was a queen and there was a king. And uh, okay, we know that there has to be a history. The history lessons are important. But connected to our live Artsakh people are dying in Artsakh. Make that connection. Make that connection of sitting at the at the at the seat of the cross. So that's really what an apostle's about, is making this connection and letting the world know what we have here. And in the presence of Christ, everything changes. 
You become a new man. You become a new person. In Armenian, uh, I, I like this word, Ayr. Ayr means man. And so we have a few derivatives of that. Um, Harair, Hur means fire. Harair is like fiery man, right? Hur, Ayr, Harair. Jirair, Jir means strong or um, uh, like reinforced, the reinforced man, okay? Jirair. Hard man, right? We have norair. Norair means the new man. Yes, new man. That's him, right? It's incredible. You are a new person when Christ is in your midst. Now, what we do is we we need to start taking that and believing it, believing it in the point where we start leveraging the power that He gives us, and that power is the power of love. He says, do not resist evil. Overcome that evil with the power of love. And you know who did that? In our lifetime, Martin Luther King did it with the civil rights movement. He resisted evil and he overcame evil with good. The other person who did it was Gandhi, who's not a Christian. But he understood and he, and he listened. He followed the teachings of Christ. And he implemented it, Okay. And now here we are, first Christian nation. Maybe it's time. I got to tell you, starting off today's show, I'm sorry if I was kind of rattled. I am rattled all day today. I've been rattled by this and I appreciate it. I've been kind of going back and forth. But I always say thank you very much for listening. This is my my way of releasing of catharsis. I do a show called Armadoxy for Today every single day. And I invite you to listen to that because especially over the last couple of weeks, they're, they're shorter. They're not like next step. They're five, six, seven minutes, seven tops. They're, they're about five. They average around five minutes each. It's a daily show, a daily podcast. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it on uh, Pandora or at the mothership, epostle.net. And it comes out as a daily podcast. And it's a way for you to connect with the stories that are very important in our lives with the Jesus that is our life. And I'm going to leave it at that right now. And just thank you very much for being part of this. Here's Susie to make her announcement. I'll be back in just a couple moments, okay? Back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the Donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. 
We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vosgen. Thank you, Susie, for that announcement. And thank you, all of you, for listening. I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I was a little bit rattled today, and I still am. But um, thank you for listening. I'm going to be connecting with Armenia in just about an hour or so. And we'll get this published, and it should be in your hands this Thursday, which is the 21st, happens to be the Armenian Independence Day. And, uh, you know, it, it's 23 years. This is the 22nd anniversary of independence. What am I talking about? No, 30s, 32nd anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I cheated Armenia of 10 years, huh? No, it's the 32nd anniversary. Armenia became independent in 1991. And I want you to think, when you become critical of a beautiful country like Armenia, I want you to just think about America. It's like 245 years that we've had independence. And it's still not perfect. But we still... Aim for that perfection. And there isn't a greater country that you can live in. So you thank God for what you do have. And the same thing with Armenia. It is a beautiful country. It's on the road. You you want to know what America was like 32 years after independence? Well, look at the year. The year would have been 1800s, right? Early 1800s. There was still slavery. There were people selling people. Um, there was um, <laughs> all kinds of stuff going on, okay? It's the growing pains. It's the growing pains of democracy. But Armenia has a choice over there. And it all it really needs is that independence and that freedom to take a breath. Right now it's going to be hard. And that's where we need to come in as a diaspora to be there in support of. For me, it's not about supporting it politically. It's to preach this spiritual message which has been given to us by God. So... When you support us, epostle.net, you're supporting this ministry. This Sunday, I'll be at the St. James Armenian Church in Los Angeles, filling in for my dear friend, Father Hottertune. And um, if you feel like coming for the Divine Liturgy, I don't know what it's, don't know what to expect, but uh, they told me it starts at 10.30, so we'll be there. That is local time. Well, that does it for today's show. I want to thank you for joining us, and we'll look forward to being with you again next week. Meanwhile, throughout the week, do check us out at epostle.net. That's apostolic evangelism with an E. Epostle. Apostolic evangelism for, well, what's the E? The electronic and expanding universe we live in. On behalf of Susie, my producer, and myself, this is Father Voskin. Looking forward to seeing you again next week when we will take the next step. And now here's the fine print. The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. The management and production crew 
reviewpostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer. Reviewpostle.net. Apostolic evangelism from electronic and standard universe. Forgot to ask you if uh, you you're seeing the same sky as we are. Uh, bye.